This CUNY News podcast is brought to you by the American Association of Credit Union Leagues. ACUEL is proud to support a strong credit union league system that champions credit unions nationwide each and every day. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNY News podcast. Credit union people. Credit union ideas. Fresh perspectives continue to shape conversation and strategy in the CUNA League system as three new league presidents have assumed leadership roles within the past several months. Among the new group of leaders are Samantha Beeler, president of the League of Southeastern Credit Unions, Carol Marks, president and CEO of the Hawaii Credit Union League, and Matt Rookard, president and CEO of the Louisiana Credit Union League. I'm Ron Jose, senior editor with CUNA News. In this episode of the CUNA News podcast, Beeler, Marks, and Rookard discuss the priorities they're working on in their respective states and the experiences that prepared them for their league leadership roles. So just to get us started, I want, I'm going to ask each of you to tell us what your impressions have been so far on the job as uh, new league presidents. Carol, do you want to get us started? And you actually came from a banking background, so you have an interesting perspective. Right. Um, Well, aloha, everyone. And yes, I do come from a banking background over uh, 20 plus years in banking and mortgage banking. But what stands out for me here at the Hawaii Credit Union League is how unified the credit unions and the associations are in the mission of people helping people. And, and the leaders are very dedicated to coordinating whatever they need to do, uh, whether it be with policy making, tax exemptions, or community food drives. They just have this giving nature. It's very impressive, and I find they are all very kind. Being cooperative is, is our superpower. So, and, and it is a wonderful, it's very, it really adds energy to your everyday work, I think. I think I'm sure you found that out. How about you, Samantha? Yeah, I've been really impressed that, you know, the credit union spirit that was alive and well in the Northwest, I'm happy to report it's very alive and well down here in the Southeast. I was mentioning to Matt, he was sharing how warm and welcoming everyone's been. I just have to echo that credit union people are some of the best in the nation. Uh, we know that because we've been in the space for quite some time, but it's always refreshing to meet new lifelong friends and know right away that you have this collective vision to Carol's point they're all united for the same thing and that's serving their communities. So if if anything, I don't think I've been surprised, but I've it's just confirmed that this is the right place to be and the right group of people to be creating a future for consumers with. So you had to change where you lived. How did that go for you? Well, I think everybody knows it's a really nice time to sell a house. It's not yeah. a great time to be buying a house. So that journey is a lot longer. I also promised my husband I would never buy a house while he was on deployment again. I made that mistake once before. Uh, So I have a feeling it'll still be a few months before we find our forever home. But we're loving being in the weather in the Southeast. I think the whole country was cooking a bit this summer. So it felt nice to be in a place where there were lots of pools and uh, space in the backyard to let the kids roam free. Good, good. And how about you, Matt? How's everything going for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, it's it's really driven by the people. I mean, so far, so good. It, it's just been great for me. 
I, I've had the experience working in economic development to be around, I mean, countless industries. I mean, I've dealt with uh, folks in just about every industry out there. Um, and I just got to say, I mean, hands down, like the best people I've ever run across, people are just so welcoming. You know, people go out of their way to make you feel welcome to the movement and understand kind of what's going on and just give you this wide breath to kind of learn and, and appreciate what the movement's about. I mean, I obviously have a lot to learn, but the mission focus, uh, I think just, just kind of brings people together in a way that's unique to credit unions. And, and kind of sticking with that theme, being a league president, it's a unique position, both in the, in the movement and just in general. When the, when the position came open and you decided to pursue it, what made you decide to pursue it? Do you want to go ahead, Matt? Yeah, I, if you don't mind. Yeah, so so I got into economic development really because of the economic mission of, of that industry as well. I mean, so I'm from Northeast Louisiana. You'll hear it referred to as the Mississippi River Delta, which is one of the poorest areas in the state of Louisiana. Obviously, the South is economically depressed as general. So if you kind of play that out, it's one of the poorest places in the developed world, frankly. And so I really kind of made it a mission coming out of college to figure out how I could help people kind of take their financial freedom back, give them opportunities to to go through life and and not live in this kind of cyclical poverty that we see. And so, you know, I did that for 15 years. I, I loved it, frankly. I got pushed to this opportunity really because of a, a lifestyle deal. I have three young kids, seven, five, and two. And uh, I was commuting a little over an hour uh, each way, each day. And so uh, I'd been on the lookout, but but not quick. I wasn't, you know, I didn't need to leave my my job. I loved it. Uh, but just kind of keeping an ear to the ground for that next thing that was a little more strategic. And, and when I came across this credit union opportunity, uh, I called somebody I knew who ran a credit union. I said, here's what I think. This is what I see. Tell me if it's worth exploring. And, and she just said, look, we need you. We need you here. Go after it. Go do it. And it just gave me the, the belief in kind of what I understood and how I felt about uh, the credit union movement and and how I would relate to it coming from economic development. So, uh, I, I again, I've really enjoyed it, and I don't see it as a big difference. Now, if 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 I would have applied to run a credit union, I would tell you I'm crazy. I mean, I can't do that work. But the advocacy piece, the pulling people together, kind of taking uh, the synergies of a bus, bunch of different pieces. I mean, that's what we do in e- economic development. It's just a different application of it. Yeah, it sounds like a great fit for you. And you're making a difference in people's lives, too, which I'm sure from a value perspective is a great fit for you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the mission without the mission, you know, and this is not to beat up on the bankers. We have a good relationship with the Bankers Association here. But, you know, I wouldn't have taken the same job at the at the Bankers Association. I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I'm not interested in doing this to do it. I'm interested in the in the, you know, mission. And, you know, basically, I just went from a macro level application of it, of how do you affect an overall economy, to now how do you support institutions that are affecting individuals? And so it's a a little bit of a kind of a micro application to the same type of situation. And Carol, you you obviously were well qualified, too, from a background perspective, but you also kind of had to... Uh, change the focus of your lens too. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? What drove you to pursue the job? Sure. Um, I've been blessed um, with 
a great personal board of directors. My husband support uh, a friend of 40 years who's a CFO of a, a large medical association in Hawaii. Um, they, they kind of encouraged me to look and research the opportunity. And as I, I did find the mission, like Matt, very compelling, coming from a mortgage banking background of, you know, uh, 15 plus years, I am also serving on the um, Hawaii Homeownership Center. And here, housing is crazy. We're faced with overregulation, which causes the prices to go up. And um, because of that, I think the credit unions have an opportunity to serve in that space um, with their potential creative ways of looking at financing. It's not just fit in the box or you don't get a home loan. Right. Uh, Samantha, you'll appreciate that um, come time when you put in for that purchase. But I really love being able to use my skill sets, collaboration, um, working with the community. Just like Matt said, it it is the best way to overcome some of the difficult things like housing and or the economic situations on the in the islands. And Samantha, how about you? What compelled you to pursue it? Yeah, I think it's funny to be a little bit different here in that I've spent the better part of the last decade in associate credit union association land. And really, I think it, it came down to two things. One was truly feeling like the Northwest was in some ways pioneering and uh, it was a wonderful place to learn the importance of advocacy. And they were doing such a great job. And I was inspired by my elite colleagues across the country. I love partnering with them. They were always one of the brightest spots of the work that I that I get to do on behalf of credit unions, so drawn towards it. But really, if I'm honest, uh, it was sitting around in a small conversation with Jim Nussel last December. He and I just had a few moments amidst a, a league fly-in where we were all partnering. And he asked me some really good personal questions about where I saw myself, what gifts do I have? How can I help people? Why do I care about credit unions? And this whole thing about having a mission and being a cooperative and it was really after that conversation, a little serendipitous, where I thought for the first time, you know, this could be a place where I do end up giving my whole career because when you're young and you're around politics a lot, you tend to think you're going to move around a bit. And I had seen myself spend almost nine years somewhere and was judging that and then realized I just got lucky finding credit unions when I did in my career. And it's absolutely okay to feel like I could dedicate a lifetime to helping this movement. And so I, I doubled down on that and uh, believed in myself for a moment because Jim told me to. And I had great leadership that prepared me for it out in the Northwest. So I felt ready to take on the challenge of being a league president. That's a great Jim Nussel story. In keeping with that theme, obviously, you, you said you felt lucky to find yourself in credit unions, but at the same time, you'd gained a lot of experience and you wanted to put your to, to leverage your imprint with that. How would you describe your leadership philosophy? You know, the way you're going to make an impact to put your personal imprint. How, how do you go about making a difference? It's a good question. I think it assumes that uh, my ego is in the place where I can say I have a philosophy that defines my leadership style. No, I think it's a compliment to you that somebody, yes, you know, somebody believed in you. Like Jim, like Jim and the LSEU too. So, yeah. True. Yeah. I aspire to be the leader that they saw in me, to be exactly. honest with you. 
Um, I think my philosophy, my approach to my team and definitely the credit unions is I like to collaborate, which is why I feel at home in the credit union space. I like to learn from other people. I also really like when I can tell that I am by no stretch the smartest person, even in and around a conversation. I love that our credit union leaders, I'm always learning from them. They're teaching me day in and day out. And so I like the leadership of bringing people together to learn from one another. That's what credit unions do. Uh, so well, the other piece that I think is, you know, something I, I believe in deeply is that we're only as good as our people. And I'm here to elevate the 20 people who work for the association, as well as the 120 plus who work for our, you know, our entire league here at LSCU. It's our job to make them the best at what they do every day. So I take a really people-centered approach uh, to leading. I also just really believe in the idea that if we make someone feel heard and seen and celebrated, they're going to give us their best. And that's what, you know, that's what my job as a, as a leader is to galvanize my group to be the best they can be. Uh, it doesn't work every day, but it works most Mondays and Tuesdays. <laughs> so how about you, Carol? What, how, what kind of philosophy do you take to the job every day? Well, I like uh, thinking that I lead through inspiration. Um, I'll sprinkle my thoughts uh, amongst the staff and actually try to pull out the ideas from the team so that they would be making their own decisions, their own direction in their decision. And then they put their own passion into the work, they'll own it. Um, and I think the performance results are better that way. Uh, I love being able to say that I'm a coach and a mentor to the staff, um, but lucky for me, I have a proficient team. And so they're already kind of on the, you know, they're doing what they've done for many years and um, it's, it's working well. Um, so, but it's still great. Like Samantha said, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays provide some inspiration and get them all fired about their job, advocacy, communication, and, um, you know, telling the message about the credit union movement. Yeah, and inspiration is so important. It's such an important part of being a leader. It's just as important as the tactical part. Yeah, as everyone knows. And Matt, you've talked a little bit about your philosophy. Do you want to go a little further on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I talked a little bit about kind of my motivation, but I think as a leader, you know, I really try to take kind of more of a coach approach to the whole leadership um, issue. I mean, you know, I grew up playing sports and, and kind of the way I think about the world, you know, as coaches set the tone, but the players have to play, right? You can't, you can't accomplish anything without the right players in the right spot. And so, you know, we got to kind of, as leaders, move them around the table, put them in positions to succeed uh, and set the, set the culture. I mean, that, that's our primary role as leaders and, you know, you got to show up, you got to do all the basic stuff, but, you know, we have to be higher performing because we have to set the standard. I mean, when people around the country look at credit unions, they don't look a lot, a lot of times at the credit unions themselves, they look at the leagues and, and who represents them. And so, you know, we've just kind of instilled in our team, you've got to set the bar. You have to be that when, when folks look around there, there cannot be anything wrong in our approach or our execution and so just kind of driving that day in day out trying to create frameworks that allow people to succeed and and another thing that carol said that i loved um you know really 
if you can't put a framework together where people get to their own independence and their own kind of driven, then you, then you failed over the long term, right? And so we can both succeed in the short term and have really high performing teams. But if it doesn't last, you know, you just end up becoming a manager and not a leader. Yeah, that's kind of what I was kind of trying to say too. Yeah, that inspiration really counts a lot. Just being, being that bright light, so to speak. Um, and everyone knows when they have a manager that, or not a man, a leader that does that, whether it's a leader in title or just a teammate. And and just as importantly, everyone knows when they don't. So, yeah. I think I, I, if I can just jump in there, I, I do think it's fascinating. I mean, you know, as I think through my career, I've I've been around some really great leaders, and but each of them, I've learned both things I do want to repeat and things that I definitely don't want to include, right? And so you see how that works, and you kind of evolve your own, you know, mentality about how to approach these these bigger issues. So, you know, it's it's a good point, right? It's there's there's the things you need to do, and there's the things you definitely do not need to do uh, to be an effective leader. Right, exactly. So every league is different. I'm always amazed every time I talk to people from the leagues. So what are the some of the challenges that are unique to your specific league? Do you want to kind of get us started, Matt? Yeah, so, I mean, Louisiana is an interesting place. I mean, save for Hawaii, I mean, you know, we may be one of the more unique unique states in the in the country uh our legal system is napoleonic code our culture is is just a little bit different and you know just in the in the credit union space uh we we have just an exorbitant amount of federal charters i mean i think less than six percent state chartered uh the last i looked and so you know there's a lot of opportunities there but i'll, I'll kind of focus on two uh, the first is size. Our, our credit unions, just compared to the rest of the country, uh, we skew smaller, right? So we have a lot of credit unions, but they're very small in terms of asset size. And so I, coming in from the outside, one of the first things I'm pulling on is how, how can the league play a role in obtaining the scale to maintain competitive? Right, we see all this investment in technology. We know the need to invest in you know real estate and underserved communities to to help accomplish the mission and so what role can we play in kind of pushing those types of investments um, at some scale that that they can't do alone i think that's a, a real good role for us and then the other with my economic development background just realize kind of the the amount of dollars both federal and national nonprofit dollars we're leaving on the table because the mission right like CDFI is a big thing that I know is being pushed right now. But the second day on the job, I went to a CDFI conference and I was like, I could have, I could have given this conference. I mean, this, we considered it an economic development tool for a long time, uh, but it makes a lot of sense for credit unions because if you look, the missions are almost the same. It's about empowering people financially. And so we've got to do a good job there at, at kind of posturing but then Louisiana's opportunity is, again, going back to, I mean, we are the target demographic. If you were going to look at where you want federal and nonprofit dollars to be deployed for financial assistance, I mean, it, it ends up in Louisiana. 
and and I gotta say it's it's a real big deal because it helps resiliency of people. I mean, we're in the middle of a a recession now, and that's one form of disaster. We happen to be in Hurricane Alley, so that's another form of disaster. But the more you have, the more kind of financially independent you are, the easier your family can deal with these uh, these issues that pop up uh, from year to year. And so I do think we have an impetus to to really kind of push on on that delivery mechanism that we hadn't always really taken advantage of in the state. This CUNY News podcast is brought to you by the American Association of Credit Union Leagues. The American Association of Credit Union Leagues believes in the strength of the credit union league system. ACUEL's mission is to cultivate the success of individual leagues as well as the collective league system by supporting league efforts to advocate, communicate, collaborate, and influence policy on behalf of credit unions nationwide. We partner with the Credit Union National Association to foster the CUNY League system relationship and the prosperity of the credit union movement. And Samantha, you're close geographically to Matt. Uh, What are your unique circumstances with challenges and opportunity? Yeah, I think, you know, I I don't want to just echo what Matt said. No, no, no. I am really humbled in listening to the answers of there are so many of the same challenges, which is why it's so important that as league presidents, we stay unified. We work together with CUNA. We partner on these initiatives. We show our collective strength. So that's my commercial for the, the league system, the league CUNA system. But really what's unique for us down here in the Southeast is the economies in all three of our states are so unique. The demands uh, of our credit unions, the kind of communities they're serving, they are diverse. And that doesn't stop or start at a state line. I mean, we all know South Florida and North Florida, the panhandle, is it's basically a different state. And so we're working in credit union land. I think we're increasing, increasingly seeing these not as state issues or even regional, but hyper-local and it's the importance of us keeping hyper-local advocacy, a hyper-local credit union focus on communities. That's our, I, I hate that I use this very 90s phrase, that's our secret sauce. Like that is what makes us special. And I don't want us to ever lose sight of it. It doesn't matter if we're at the international level. I was just at the amazing World Credit Union Conference where we were talking about so many of these same struggles that we're facing at the community level. They're across the globe in the development space. And I don't want us to lose sight of what poverty looks like in our own communities, because sometimes it's easy to not name it. We want to say, you know, economic development, or uh, we really want to talk about the how credit users are helping uh, financial well-being. But really, we are solving um, cycles of poverty. We're helping people become more profitable as individuals so they can have a better life. And breaking it down and making sure that we're being very honest and frank in those conversations is helpful. And I think part of our challenge for a long time is we try to find really nice ways to talk about really hard problems. My favorite thing to do is to go into a chapter meeting and ask them who in this room helps solve or save somebody's life today. And they're all, you know, I get no hands raised, no one ever. And then I say, who gave out a first time home loan? Who gave out, you know, an economic assistance grant? Who actually helped a member who is credit compromised uh, build up a credit history and get that first credit card and you know start a business, all of a sudden the hands start going up. They see that they are solving 
important life moments for their members and they're changing the world like one starfish at a time kind of philosophy. And so I think credit unions, our challenge is that sometimes we think too big or too sterile and we need to get back to that. We are people helping people with real life problems and those problems are going to be unique and diverse and it's okay that they are. So that's my, that's a little bit of what we're up against here is making sure we keep a really a micro focus on these macro issues. There's that inspiration Carol was talking about. Um, and Carol, uh, Hawaii is uh, obvi- is always unique from, with everything from location to your wonderful culture. So what are the challenges and opportunities unique to your league? Well, it's like what Samantha said and what Matt said. They are unique, but they're all very similar. And Samantha hit it on the head where she talked about, you know, reducing poverty, providing more opportunities for financial well-being in communities that are um, very um, far from financial access. So keeping those smaller credit unions thriving so that they can continue to serve that field of membership, which, you know, they can't drive to another another island they have to be on island and sometimes you know if the lava is blocking the road then that's a problem so we really um, have to champion um, getting those smaller asset size credit unions um, thriving because they do so much for their local community as Samantha says they know their people they are providing credit builder financing and um, you know they make the decisions to offer credit where other places might not because of some, you know, matrix they have to follow. This is just taking it to the personal family level where for generations, you know, they were raised in the plantation camps there in pineapple or sugar, coffee. We have a lot of agriculture and um, it's not a high paying industry as you can imagine. So just being able to be there for a community, and you know the advancing community story that you know CUNA does for the leagues. I think that's so wonderful because it'll help the politicians keep from overregulating um, the credit unions and um, give the credit union movement the power it needs to continue for the next 50 years. So I love the idea of trying to find a new way to get the movement just hyper focus on whether it's housing, whether it's just financial education, somehow collaborating the lawmakers as well as the public and the private people, all of us have to come together to overcome such things as drug addiction, mental um, health issues, and those kind of things that affect our communities. So. It's obviously you've learned your lessons well in your short time as a league president because small credit unions are a vital part of the movement. They provide a lot of our energy and helping solve social problems are a part of what credit unions do as well. So you're right on with your message there. And kind of staying with that, what, Samantha, I'll start with you here. What are some of the greatest opportunities for credit unions in the market right now? We've talked about challenges that are unique but overall, what do you think some of the greatest opportunities are? I think it's a very simple answer, to be very honest with you. The first one, there's three. The first one's data. 
I think credit unions are sitting on a treasure trove of relational touch points, if you want to call them that, if you don't like the sterile approach to data. But we have such an opportunity as a movement, as institutions to get a lot more sophisticated with our utilization of data and not so that we can cross sell and not so that we can get our loan volume up. It's so we can be these juggernauts to help with all the issues we were just discussing. I think the second opportunity we have is really clear and that's to redefine ourselves, plant that flag again that we are the original affinity financial institution, right? There's this The future of banking is with people who want to put their money in a place where they know that it's creating change. And I believe in that. I believe credit unions do that. And I think we need to be a lot more vocal about how we do that and that consumers should choose credit unions. And the third piece of that fits into it, which is a, I'm going to not go as far as Emily did in the last podcast. I'll say this much on field of membership. It's a new approach on how we talk about and look at field of membership. It has to be modernized. It has to be relevant to the space that we're in in this digital age for consumers. I think we have a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of untapped market. And I don't think we need to be scared about having field of membership conversations because sometimes we see ourselves competing over members as credit unions. I think that's far from the truth. I think there's a lot of untapped market that's walking into big money center banks because they don't even know that credit unions are still waiting for them around the corner. And so there's my plug for the awareness campaign as well. But those are the three things I see in my neck of the woods. Carol, how about you coming from the banking world? What do you see as opportunities for credit unions? I would believe that the credit unions can continue to master their lending into creative special purpose type of um, programs, which would, again, feed into the advocacy side of things, making first-time homebuyer lending more available by creative ways and collaborating with the homeownership education centers. The credit unions already provide some down payment assistance to our Hawaii Homeownership Center members that for years, you know, they might be in their 60s and never had owned a home, but when they get through training and they get the help of a credit union, they're near tears. And and this is what Samantha said is, you know, where are the heroes out there? Well, they're in our credit union branches doing what is important to those families. Um, I think also with speaking of mortgages, you know, it's down whatever, 60% or something like that. But um, if the credit unions have more time because lending demand is down, they can maybe take a look at redefining roles, cross-training, preparing for vacations or absences so that their service levels um, continue to be high, and then also ready themselves for any retirements. Um, There's talent out there now. Um, Some of the jobs aren't available. Uh, Many of them were in lending. And so maybe picking up some new talented, um, high energy staff. Yeah, that's a great idea. How about you, Matt? So I I told you earlier, I wouldn't want to be running a credit union, and I stand by that. Uh, I'm good at part of the job, but no, I'll tag on to the field of membership conversation. I I don't think the problem right now is field of membership as people have been discussing it. I think it's penetrating your existing field of membership. 
And, and that's to say there's hundreds of thousands of people that are already in a field of membership that are not a member of a credit union. And that's, that's a problem. I mean, there's a real opportunity in front of us with the, the recession. Now, I, I think there's a lot of data pointing to it not getting as bad as, you know, 2007, 2008. Uh, so hopefully we won't be in this for, for too long. But I think there's a real opportunity. I mean, this is what credit unions are made for. You know, when interest rates, when somebody could go into a bank and get a 30-year mortgage at, you know, 3.2, and the credit union says, well, okay, we can do it at three, you know, yeah, it's a savings and yeah, it's good for your member, but it's not life-changing. It, it's just good business, right? But now we have an opportunity to really change people's lives. And they're going in and looking at six, six and a half, and a credit union could do it at four. Like that, that is a real marginal difference that I think we need to hit on and hit on hard to penetrate these folks who have been in the field of membership for a long, long time and haven't become a member of a credit union yet. Great point, great point. Final question. So all these league mergers, it's obviously a huge topic of discussion within the movement. Where does, where does each of your leagues fit in here? Carol, let's start with you. It's it's just hard to imagine the Hawaii Credit Union being anything but the Hawaii Credit Union League. Do you want to tell me about where your league fits in? Sure, Ron. Um, I will say that, you know, Hawaii is the 50th state. And like all of the other states, um, we hold culture and community in our highest regards. There's no, all states do this. But you know, frankly, our lawmakers' ears will perk up whenever you say Hawaii or aloha. Um, so staying independent helps keep the lawmakers' support, as well as our community's faith in the league representing us on the map, you know, that small little chain of islands. Um, it's important to them we keep uh, the island's best interests at heart. And I think it's important because it's going to be harder for a league that's not right on island to be as, um, you know, of course, during the pandemic, it was all virtual, but it means something to be able to shake hands and meet with the lawmakers like we will on this Thursday, you know, at a league office, you know, right in the heart of Honolulu. It, it, it says something like Samantha said, keep it really local and then they will listen to the message of the credit unions movement. So how about you, Samantha? I was hoping you'd leave me to last. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, if I'm very honest, I cut my teeth in a three-state association. Yeah. I work at a current three-state association, and I believe very deeply in the fact that uh, the same way credit unions make merger decisions based on the feedback of what's best for their members right, and on a vote right. of their membership, I believe the same thing should be true for the league system. If it's what our members need and want and are asking for, and on their vote, they believe that we can manage well their advocacy needs, their compliance, their events, their engagement, all of it. If they have that faith, then I have the faith we can do it well. I also believe, and this is a personal opinion, so we can put whatever legal caveat needs to be at the front of this one. Uh, so not speaking on behalf of LSU, speaking on behalf of Samantha Beeler. I know that we are powerful when we come together as a collective. I believe the same is true for the league system. I do see us coming together more in the future. I'm not going to commit to what I think that model should look like, but I know we can do state-specific, hyper-local advocacy and still have a more efficient 
way that we do some of the other work that currently falls on the league's shoulders. So I'm not going to advocate for exactly the solution. I just do believe, you know, I was very close to our folks during the Go West conversations, and I think they're going to do a fantastic job. Now, is Hawaii going to look different than the Northwest and the Mountain West? Sure. Southeast looks different too. And I like that, you know, Matt kind of mentioned it. As long as we're staying true to our communities and our credit unions, then we're doing what's right. So I don't care if that says 12 states or two states. And uh, I think I'm going to stick to that at least for the next 20 years. And then you can ask me again. Yeah, that, and that's why I wanted to ask the question. I mean, because obviously the old way is gone. I mean, as I said in our email, it's the elephant in the room. We have to discuss it. So it, it's, a, it's a great discussion. So, and as I said, I think people want to hear about it. So we, we just want to talk about it in a positive light. Matt, let's talk about the Louisiana League. How do you see where you guys fit in, you know, today? It's kind of an interesting question. I mean, I didn't realize, I'll be honest, uh, I was so out of touch with the industry. They asked me about uh, mergers during the thing, and I was like, credit unions can merge with whoever they want. Like, I, right. I mean, it's not my decision. They were talking about leagues. I, I didn't even know that was a huge, huge thing. I, of course, I've gotten up to speed quite a bit over it. But, I, I mean, I was lucky. I, it, it's been – it was an issue I, I fully intended to kick – the can down the road for you know six to 12 months it's it, it doesn't it comes up in conversation but not really as like a an executable item i mean we're well established league we've got a good history we've got no financial pressure whatsoever to do anything either way and so i think i inherited a just a really lucky situation uh in a lot of ways i, I mean i call it luck because i inherited it i'm sure other people would call it like you know great decision making and you know, all that fun stuff. But, um, but no, I mean, we're in an interesting landscape, right? Cause we've got cornerstone kind of to the West that that's taking over, uh, West and North now, um, Mississippi standing there, uh, independent, uh, alongside of us. And then we've got Samantha and her crew. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is. I've told the board, you know, if you, you might want to, we might want to talk about it in our strategic planning session because, you know, the only option may be independent if, if Mississippi were, for example, to go um, join the Southeast. So, you know, we're, we're okay. I think whatever we need to do, we'll do, but I, I don't really feel any pressure. I mean, I, I was, I didn't take the job expecting to merge into another league. I'll tell you that. And then, you know, I also don't have the ego to, to say that 60 days in, I need to be taking over another league. I, I do see some benefits of scale, um, you know, just just pure functionality, you know, like the more money you have with the fewer bodies and fixed assets, the, the more efficient you can be. So I, I think it just depends. I mean, you know, every league is a little different. Samantha said it, like, do what's right. I mean, it, it's just like all these social issues we deal with today. It's like, I, I'll be honest. Like, and, and again, this is me, not the league talking. Like, I don't care what you do. Like, if you're serving your members and your members stand by you, do it. I mean, it might not be right for me, but I make the decisions based on what I think our members need. Samantha and Carol's got to do the same thing. And so I think a lot of times we project our judgments and issues, you know, over to things that, that we know very little about or, or know the details of the circumstance. And so um, I know it's a big non-answer, but like, 
no it's just kind of we'll get there when we get there i mean (laughs) right right matt's comments actually reminded me of uh, an answer i got a few years ago from scott earl uh retiring in mountain west and i i really appreciate you know his wisdom on things like this and he shared you know that would you ever tell a small credit union there's not space for them in the market would you ever tell a medium size or a large credit union Actually, now that I say this, I'm attributing it to Scott, so Scott can take it, but I'm not sure it was him, but it was in a league president setting, and I just happened to get to sit in, and they were just talking about how there's space for all different kinds in the marketplace, right? And so not to feel, not to look at what some leagues are deciding and feel like it is something that's being projected onto the rest of the leagues. And I love that, Matt, you know, that you said it that way, because it's true. Just because it fits for some, it won't mean it fits for all. And we don't project that onto our credit union, so let's not do it onto each other. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. This CUNY News podcast is brought to you by the American Association of Credit Union Leagues. ACUAL is proud to support a strong credit union league system that champions credit unions nationwide each and every day.